Let's talk some rugby league, some rugby league, the great game, and two very big fixtures this week on the list for uh, Kiwi rugby league fans. The first one, of course, State of Origin tonight, and then on Friday, the Warriors take on the Dragons, fresh off the bye up in Wollongong. So joining us now to uh, talk through it all is uh, Sports Freak rugby league writer and uh, a massive Dragons fan himself, uh, Stephen Gallagher. Welcome in, Stephen. Oh, thank you, Sam. How are you, mate? I'm doing fantastically well. It's, it's, I get a little bit of withdrawals when the Warriors have a bye week. So uh, we're back on deck and State of Origin, mate. It's, uh, it's an exciting time. Let, let's start with uh, State of O uh, this evening. Uh, now, I know you're a, you're a New South Wales fan, as am I, uh, but it is hard, very hard, to, uh, to go past Queensland at Suncorp and no Latrell Mitchell for New South Wales. Yeah, I think a little part of me died when I heard uh, Latrell Mitchell was ruled out uh, yet again. Um, obviously, he's such a key player. He's such an important player to this New South Wales backline. We know what he's capable of doing. Um, doesn't matter whether, whether he's wearing the centre jersey or the fullback jersey. Uh, he just roams. He just creates incredible amounts of opportunities for that already stacked New South Wales backline and yeah it will be tough uh, especially going up to uh, Queensland Suncorp is obviously a bit of a cauldron um, it's hard to go up there and win especially when your backs are against the wall and um, you know we, we didn't see the, the best New South Wales performance in game one despite you know being 10 minutes short of picking up that victory and if it wasn't for a, a big skip pass and uh, a bit of space to him so Tabuai Fido um, I think the Blues might have got away with that one but uh it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough ask, but I think, um, you know, if, if your backs are against a wall, you know, this shows what sort of what are you made of, and I think that's a big question that's being posed tonight. Yeah, and go, just going back to Latrell, I, I even think more so than, you know, his his athletic ability, and he is a, he is a freak on the rugby league field, but I think even more so, um, Stephen, if I, if I sort of said to you, you know, who do you want in a big-time game you know, down 1-0 in the series at Queensland, at Suncorp, in a hostile territory, Latrell Mitchell's the first person that you put that you put on that team sheet. So I think even more so than what he brings just, you know, from, a, from an athletic point of view, it's just the mentality that New South Wales will probably miss tonight. You know, if you, if you were just to pick a, a one-on-one New South Wales versus Queensland game, your, your first person you're picking is, is Latrell Mitchell, right? He would be licking his lips at the opportunity to shut the Queenslanders up, especially up there. He would absolutely froth that opportunity. And like you said, he's just an all-round athlete. Like, he, he lives for these sorts of opportunities. And he'll be, he'll be watching the game, and he'll just be spewing that he's not out there with this niggling calf injury that he's got. Mm. So Freddie's uh, made a, a bunch of changes to the side. Some of them have been forced through injury. Others uh, are just positional switches. What? Uh, where do you think he has got it right? Where do you think he's got it wrong? Oh, I think, um, look, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the, the main factors that Nico Hines has been dropped, right? And, you know, three weeks ago he was the next man up because he made that 17-man squad in, in Adelaide. And all of a sudden, he's no longer there, and Mitchell Moses has got that. And I think, obviously, uh, that, that round that he was selecting from, Moses had an absolute blinder. Uh, Nico Hines didn't play that well. Adam Reynolds didn't play that well. So perhaps that's what forced his hand into that situation. But I, I genuinely believe that Nico Hines should be there. I mean, he's a Dalian player of the year from uh, 2022. Um, what he offers that shark side is just phenomenal. And I think in a stage like this, he's already talked about his hate for Queensland around origin time. If he had that opportunity um, here in Suncorp, um, I'm sure he would have taken it. So it's a bit of a tough one for me. I would have got that. Um, I do love the inclusion of uh, Reese Robson on debut on the bench. Um, he's a bit like the New South Wales Reuben Cotter, I suppose, and mm. uh, plays 
plays club footy with uh, Cotter, obviously, and he's got that physical nuggety presence where he can come out. He's um, got an opportunity to really play and take that physicality out of the game and then let Damien Cook do his thing as well. So I think that's a really good inclusion. And too, when um, Stefano Utakaimanu as well starting uh, on debut, Tigers, uh, obviously not the best club in the NRL the last 15 years, but um, he's been <laughs> one of their shining lights as well. So I think he's, he's ready for it. He's got a big physical presence. He's a smart footy player. He knows what to do and, and when. So I think, you know, those two inclusions are really good. Um, I think I would start Liam Martin. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, he was a standout for New South Wales in game one, without a doubt. He was fantastic. I think I'd start him uh, over Hudson Young. I have uh, Tyson Brazil on one edge and... Um, I'd also have uh, Liam Martin on the other. Just because Liam Martin's just, he's just too good. Like, he can play 80 minutes. Like, whether he plays, you know, off the bench or starts, he's such a physical presence. But I think they need to take it to Queensland in the first 15 minutes. And what we saw Liam Martin do when he came on in game one was just phenomenal. So I'd really like to see um, a late positional switch there and have him start instead of Hudson Young. Looking at Queensland, and, you know, it, it is essentially the same side they named in Game 1. I mean, their bench, when I look at that, Harry Grant, Thomas Flegler, Ruben Cotter, Moeka Furuweka, it, it is a, a very, very strong bench for them. Where where do you think they are? Where is a weak point for them? I mean, clearly in Game 1, there were moments where New South Wales dominated. What What is it from Game 1 that, that New South Wales need to replicate in Game 2? And where do you think Queensland might just be a little bit vulnerable? I think, um, I honestly believe, you know, the Queensland's vulnerability comes in their second row. Like, we haven't really seen much of um, uh, uh, Nanai this year. He's obviously been injured or suspended, so he's sort of come in. Obviously, he's done the job at Origin time last year, and he had such a phenomenal season for the Cowboys last year, but he hasn't been playing that well. So I think there's uh, a little bit of uh, time on the edge there where we can sort of, where the New South Wales can sort of uh, execute. Um, Obviously, if if he's going up on the same side as... um, Kontravojevic, um, you know, if he gets a bit of open space, or even Stephen Crichton if he's on that side too. Like, they're just really good rangy centres that can just produce something out of nothing. But I think um, what Queensland um, are really vulnerable is just yeah, in that little second row, sort of second row centre. We saw a little bit of a breakdown in that in game one, but what New South Wales didn't do enough in game one was just give it a bit more air. So we didn't really get to see that tested fully. I didn't think that... Um, despite the fact that Queensland obviously got the game, they got the win, I didn't think that they played that well. Um, you know, they made a lot of errors, so they'll need to be really concerned about that. They'll need to play stronger, play smarter. Obviously, coming back to their home state gives them a bit more opportunity to play um, with a bit more confidence, and they'll have, you know, 80,000 um, Queensland fans with their two heads on screaming at them. So it's about 160,000 fans <laughs> um, screaming, screaming the house down at Suncourt. But, um, yeah, I think if New South Wales want to, you know, play along that edge, I think they might, might have a little bit of success. But, um Queensland are just so good. They always come up for this, you know. It doesn't matter, like, you know, they they bide their time in, in Adelaide and they did what they needed to do to get the win, but it's just it's hard for New South Wales to sort of compete with that when they just don't have that sort of edge. And obviously whatever Slater's bringing to this Queensland side is pretty impressive, so good yeah. on whatever he's doing up there. It's fantastic to watch. Just before I ask you for a prediction, um, Stephen Summers texts in here. Sammy, can you please ask Stephen if he expects any New South Wales players to cut, to really come out of their shell tonight, much like Ben Craig did back in when New South Wales were under pressure during the Queensland streak. <laughs> can you see anyone, you know, sort of bursting onto the scene? Uh, I, I have a feeling who I know that text message come from, so that's fantastic. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. That's a little personal dig at, at Ben Cray. I love that. Um, look, I, I would really like to see uh, the likes of Payne Haas take it to uh, the Queenslanders because he's a little bit quiet in game one, but he's obviously 
um, before the Delhi M's went behind uh, closed doors in round 15, he was leading the Delhi M's because he's just a, a phenomenal player. And whatever he's doing at Brisbane is just so good. And I really want to see him just take it to the likes of Tino Faasu Malawi and um, Flegler. And I just want to see him just dominate like he does at Clubland. But I want to see him do it for New South Wales. What's your prediction, mate, tonight? Oh, look, I, I think there's eight points in it. I think uh, it's... Game twos are traditionally high scoring. Yep. Um, Freddie Fittler's never lost a game two while in charge of New South Wales, so there's a little bit of fun fact for you. But I'm thinking um, a 26-18 for our first try scorer, Blues by eight. Um, that'll bode well for me too because I'm off to game three. So I'd like to see uh, yeah. it all on the line for game three. Fantastic. All right, mate. Uh, we want to talk some NRL as well. The Warriors-Dragons this Friday night. You are a massive Dragons fan, and uh, you are heading to the game in Wollongong for uh, for this late on Friday night New Zealand time. Uh, firstly, uh, Stephen, pretty tough to be a Dragons fan at the moment. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty tough. Um, it's not often you see the Dragons lingering um, bottom of the table. They've never won a spoon as a joint venture, which is pretty impressive. So hopefully we can sort of keep it that way. But yeah, look, whatever's happening with uh, Ben Hunt, um, and obviously we've just signed a new coach for 2023 as well. So not a lot to be excited about in 2022, but there's um, prospects here for 2023 to look all right. What about, I mean, there's so much going on off the field. Um, how are the fans and yourself viewing the team on the field? Because I'm actually surprised with how well they are going, given all of those circumstances. We've seen, you know, what, what it does to teams like the Tigers and the Titans and, and how they languish down the bottom when they get these sorts of uh, disruptions off the field. But the, the, the Dragons have sort of surprisingly been okay. What's, what's sort of your and the fans' reaction to how they've been going on the field? Look, I think we're a bit of a blue-collar side where we just kind of get our, you know, just kind of roll our sleeves up and get it done. We might not get it done all the time, um, but we, we're competing, and I think that's a lot to say about the DNA of the club. Obviously, when you get two two teams and you, and you become a, a joint venture, it's always really tough with the two boards and everything like that that have to agree on everything, and I know um, they didn't necessarily agree on Shane Flanagan when that, was, um, when that came up a couple of years ago, but they've obviously changed their minds there. Um, on the field, it's very much a one-man side. Uh, it's Ben Hunt and uh, 16 other players. <laughs> um, but I, I think there's, you know, there's a lot to be excited about. A lot of young guys. Like we've got um, Toby Couchman. He's been fantastic for us this year, making his debut earlier in the year. Um, I really like the look of Michael Muller as well, um, Francis Muller's younger brother. He's been great this year. Um, and obviously it's Jackie Ballon's 200th game this, um, this weekend too. So they didn't get up for Ben Hunt's 300th, but hopefully they get up for um, the Ballon's 200th game. Now, I agree with you that Ben Hunt is really the key for the Dragons. I think without him on the field, there's, there's almost no direction. Or I'm not sure where that direction comes from. The big question mark, uh, Stephen, is obviously origin tonight. And should Queensland win tonight, there's, there's going to be probably long celebrations into the evening. Ben Hunt has the shortest turnaround of any of the Origin players, just 48 hours, but assuming that they win and there's celebrations and, and that goes into the night, you know, he, he's looking at a pretty short stretch between Thursday morning and Friday evening. He has been named to start at seven. Will he start? And if he does, is he going to play a full 80 minutes, do you think? Well, I think the saving grace is the fact that he's not an 80-minute player in origin. Obviously, him and uh, Harry Grant, um, they switch up every now and again, which is fantastic um, for Queensland. They make such a good uh, dynamic duo on the field as hookers. But um, I would say that Ben Hunt will back up. Um, I just think he's that sort of bloke. Like, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that, obviously, whatever's gone on in the media this week and him asking for releases, um, you know, plagued the club this week, but... He's not the sort of guy that's going to kick stones or anything like that. And whether Queensland win or Queensland lose, I'm pretty sure he'll back up um, 
couple of days later, 48 hours later, and then um, get the job done for the Dragons. Let's look at the, uh, the the team that you're coming up against, the Warriors, and obviously that is our big f- focus over here um, across the ditch. Uh, how how do you view them as an opponent? They're fresh off the bye. They got that win against the Raiders in, uh, in Croker's 300th game. Are Dragons fans confident, nervous, bullish? Where, where do they sit? Obviously, this, this uh, Warriors side has been fantastic to watch this year. Um, even in the games that they've lost, they've been really competitive, been really good. Um, we've got the second coming of Sean Johnson, which has been fantastic to witness, um, putting a lot of pressure on the Kiwi halves of Dylan Brown and uh, Jerome Hughes. Uh, what I really like about uh, this Warriors side is that they just don't take a backward step. They've just been able to... They don't care who they come up against. You know, they obviously had this massive task ahead of them in, in Canberra a couple of weeks ago for Crocus 300th. And they were just there to spoil the party. You know, they, they grounded out. Their forwards played really, really well. They muscled up massively in the first 40. And they just tired those Raiders forwards out. And that's what they did really well. And then when they came into the second half, they had a fuller running, a fuller energy. And the Raiders just didn't, couldn't offer a shot. So that's what they're really good at. They're just really good at... Um, coming up one-on-one in their, in their defence and on attack as well. They're really good at that. And I think they've got a lot of experienced players. They've got a lot of rep players in that side as well. You look at the likes of Vanua Blake up front. Uh, Bunty Arfors represented Samoa as well. Um, the likes of uh, Maratha Niukori and Tohu Harris as well. They're both representative players. They're really good up front, and that's what makes a difference in this pack where you compare it to the likes of uh, the Dragons who... You know, they've got Jack Bird, who's, you know, played Origin many years ago. Jaden Sewer as well. Jack DeBellin. You know, they haven't been around that representative um, stage for a little while now. But mm. um, if I was picking the Warriors, I'd make sure that, you know, just go out and attack those Dragons forwards early on. You know, make it difficult for them. Make it tough, you know. We've obviously seen that the Warriors don't care about who they're playing or where they're playing. They'll just try and get the job done. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you where you think the Dragons might be a, a most vulnerable. But uh, if I put, if you put your Dragons hat on, where is there any where across the park that you think the Dragons maybe do have the advantage? I really like um, Tyrell Sloan. I think he's a fantastic player, but... He's one of those players that um, when his head's on, his head's on, but when his head's off, it is miles off. And we've seen, you know, a few brain explosions from him this year. I think he's really, really good. I think he's got a little bit more X factor than what um, Chance Nickel Klukstar offers. Obviously, uh, Chance is a fantastic player. He's exactly what the Warriors need in that one jersey. But I think um, something, someone like Terrell Sloan and, or even the likes of uh, Bud Sullivan in the 6-2, they're just young players that just want to take the game with a scruff of the neck and they just want to play what's in front of them. And I think if you know we get too uh, concerned about playing you know, running block shapes and, and all that sort of stuff, if we get concerned and play ourselves short like that, we're not going to win. But the Dragons are able to sort of just play a little bit more off the cuff, um, take it to the Warriors, show you know they're not going to lie down. Um, that's probably where I think there's, there's one slight edge for the Red B. What do you reckon then, uh, Stephen, for Friday night? I've already got your origin predicting, so we're going to be holding you to that uh, tomorrow morning. But uh, what do you think happens Friday night, 10 p.m. New Zealand time? Oh, uh, look, because I'm there, I'd love to see it go to Golden Point. Um, that would be fantastic. But I, I genuinely believe that the Warriors will get the win. Um, it'll be very tough for the Dragons. Obviously, they're not having a great season. And this is now the period of the time where the Warriors need to go, look, we are a finals footy team. We're going to come. It's Wollongong. We're going to win. So I think the, oh, I'd say the Warriors by four. Nice. Okay. Nice and close. Although uh, I do hope for your sake it goes to Golden Point. You get value for money. Uh, <laughs> thanks heaps for coming on, my friend. Uh, always enjoy chatting. Uh, enjoy Origin tonight and uh, enjoy yourself up there in Wollongong on Friday. Awesome. Cheers, Sam. Good to chat to you. There you go. Stephen Gallagher there, Sports Freak Rugby League writer, massive Dragons fan. And even though he is a big Dragons fan, he can take the eye patch off and uh, be honest about who he thinks is going to win on Friday night. Got the Warriors by four. Love it.